0: LastPass was possibly compromised. T-Mobile has suffered yet another data breach. DuckDuckGo is growing and a lot more privacy and security news that we will cover today. Welcome to Surveillance Report 70-1, where we are dedicated to keeping you private and secure with the latest news. I am Nathan from The New Oil.
1: I am Henry from TechLore with, once again, subpar video and audio, but next week should be normal.
0: This week, we want to remind you that a great way to support Surveillance Report and keep this going is through Patreon. TechLore has a Patreon, the new oil also has a Patreon, and it is a great way to get some perks, get some early access to videos, and the money helps keep us doing this report right here, where we get to keep bringing you privacy and security news each week. So, if you haven't checked that out, at least check that out and... Give it a look and the link will be
1: in the description. All right, we're gonna go ahead and start with data breaches as we always do. So T-Mobile has suffered yet another data breach. This comes from alleged leaked internal documents, saying that there was unauthorized activity on some accounts. The attack was carried out via sim swapping, which may have given attackers access to view certain customer data. There's been no word on how many customers were affected. It's possible but unconfirmed data that includes leaked billing account names, phone numbers, number of lines on the account, account numbers, and the rate plan info. More importantly, this could have given attackers access to other accounts like email and banking if the customer was using SMS-2FA as they would have likely been able to intercept SMS messages. But the good takeaway here is remember not to use SMS-2FA as it can be insecure and also to try to get as close to an anonymous phone plan as you can. Um, We personally like prepaid phone plans a lot which are very easy to get in the States.
0: You know what's funny is a lot of the time they're cheaper. Um, When I met my partner, I convinced her to switch from a regular phone plan to a prepaid one. And it's literally like a quarter of what it used to be.
1: Exactly. Like prepaid in the U S is in so many situations, like a lot better than actually going for a two year contract and you don't have to get a contract. It's great. Yeah. It's awesome.
0: Our next story comes from Tokyo where police have lost two floppy disks containing personal information on 38 public housing applicants. So first of all, this is more common than you think, the whole floppy disk thing. I had a lot of people when I shared this story commenting like, wait, floppy disks in 2021? Yeah, it. it believe it or not, a lot of governments still use extremely outdated technologies, and sometimes that's intentional. But anyways, moving past that. Uh, The data was provided to the police because apparently when you apply for public housing in, in Tokyo, they do a background check on you, mainly to see if you're affiliated with any organized crime groups. The information included names, dates of birth, and sex. Everyone did pass their background checks. That's the good news. And at this time, the data has not been leaked or misused that anyone is aware of. Just to give a little bit more background, these were actually from like a year ago. And they were in police storage. And then the uh, housing authority, I think, asked for them back or something like that. And the police were like, oh, crap, we can't find them. So they think they accidentally got discarded. But, I mean, you never know for sure. So it's in the data breaches section. This information might be out there, unfortunately. Hopefully it's at the bottom of a landfill, but possibly not. And our last data breach comes from Sega Europe, who has suffered a major security breach. This was via a publicly accessible AWS S3 bucket. Take your first shot of the year. (laughs) Um, This is kind of one of those different than usual data breaches. So this was found by researchers... And it exposed users and workers to malware, ransomware, and spear phishing attacks. Basically, what the researchers were able to do was they were able to access the keys for MailChimp and Steam, as well as running scripts and files on the official Sega domains. So, in other words, they could have very easily planted malicious malware on the website or sent out an email through the official newsletter to anyone that contained malware or phishing, anything like that. They were able to access 250,000 email addresses, ip addresses and md5 hash passwords which on that last note shame on you sega md5 has been cracked for a long time upgrade to bcrypt. crypt fortunately they did fix the actual I, I believe they fixed the actual like issue that would have allowed you to send authenticated malicious me emails as as sega so that's something
1: and now we're going to transition into company news, starting with DuckDuckGo. So DuckDuckGo, the privacy-focused search engine, has grown by 46% in 2021. Just to keep things in the perspective, this, this sounds like a lot of growth and it is for them, but they still only have about 2.5% of the entire market share, which is still behind Yahoo, being and of course Google, which has almost 90%. So whether you like DuckDuckGo or not, I think it's just a good sign that people are starting to at least care about privacy a little bit, or at least a little bit more than last year. Um, and also they just need to know that tools are available and how to use them. We think education is very important and we think that you um, people listening to this can be a big part of that journey. I also want to mention that DuckDuckGo is a default option on many browsers, even on iOS. So I do wonder how much um, offering these easy options for people impacts things. Um, because I feel like a lot of things you have to install or you have to configure, but this one is just inside the default settings, which I think is really neat.
0: Our next company news comes from LastPass, who has possibly been compromised. This is still kind of up in the air. So what happened was multiple users of LastPass started reporting that they were getting emails notifying them of successful logins. They hadn't logged in recently, so people started assuming there was a breach of master passwords. The majority of successful account logins actually seemed to come from inactive users who said they haven't used the service in quite some time, which suggested maybe it was an older hack that is just now coming to light. LastPass made a couple of different claims. At first, they said, well, maybe it's just credential stuffing. Although a lot of users were saying, well, I do use unique strong passwords, so that's very unlikely. Then they finally issued a formal statement the next day and they said these were alerts that were sent in error, which could kind of make sense because some users were claiming that, like, they got this notification that they were logged in and they were like, well, that wasn't me. So they went and immediately changed their password and then immediately got a notification again saying there's been a login on an unauthorized device. And they were like, so how'd they get my password right away if I literally just changed it? So if it was an alert error, then that would make sense. But also, cynical me, I don't always trust companies to tell the truth. Yeah, at this point in time, that's their official story is that these were emails sent in error. Our moral here, first of all, use two-factor authentication because then it doesn't matter if your password gets leaked. Use a strong, unique master passphrase anyways that you don't use anywhere else. And I mean, honestly, ditch LastPass. Like sure, they're better than nothing, but at the same time, they've had several issues. Um, They are clearly moving in a direction where they're trying to monetize at all costs. And there's so many better password options out or password manager options out there like... Bitwarden is a great replacement for LastPass or KeyPass if you want to keep your stuff out of the cloud. Like there's a lot of great options. There's no need to settle for LastPass.
1: Bitwarden is free, and I think you can switch over from LastPass within minutes. So there's yeah. like no and it's open source. There's like no reason not to use Bitwarden over LastPass, and I've talked to a few clients who genuinely preferred Bitwarden over LastPass. So
0: Yeah, Bitwarden has in their documentation how to switch from LastPass and Previously, the only thing that LastPass had that I thought was worth sticking around for was they have a feature where you can designate uh, someone as an emergency contact. And then if you like pass away, God forbid, they can request access to your vault. And if you don't deny it within seven days, they get access. So that way they can get into all your accounts and, you know, close your bank account, do whatever you got to do because you passed away. Bitwarden has actually added that as a feature, too. So now there's literally no reason to stay with LastPass, in my opinion. There were not a lot of company news this week. You know, it's kind of that slow week between Christmas and New Year's. So we're going to move into research. We're going to start off with our latest update on Log4J. Log4J 2.17.1 is out now, and it fixes new remote code execution bug. So this is the fifth update that we have seen, and it fixed a moderate severity RCE, which is remote code execution. We mentioned before, expect lots of patches because every time there's a patch, they're being rushed out to fix this really, really big issue, which is fine. That's how it is. It's a really big issue. All hands on deck, fix it as quick as possible. But because they're being rushed out, researchers are, you know, finding new exploits in the patches. So this is just the latest one. But I will say personally, I've seen a lot less log for shell news in my RSS feed. So I think they're finally starting to get a handle on it. And hopefully this will become less of an issue moving forward and things are starting to wind down.
1: It's like whack-a-mole. (laughs)
0: yeah that's exactly what it is and and like i said there you know it's it's one of those things where it's like the house is on fire so just start pumping water and then after you start pumping water someone's like wait a minute there's something that like can't take water i don't know that's a bad analogy but the point is like they got to rush these patches out because it's such a big problem but because they're rushing them out they don't have time to properly play with them and and make sure they're good so, you know, researchers are always gonna find problems in these rushed patches. It's kinda of like the lesser of two evils to rush it out. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: Our next story, more than 1200 phishing toolkits are capable of intercepting 2FA detected in the wild. So a team of academics said it found more than 1200 phishing toolkits deployed in the wild that were capable of intercepting and allowing cyber criminals to bypass 2FA security codes. Um, and this isn't just SMS, this includes TOTP as well. So these tools have been in use since 2017. The site breaks down a little bit more thoroughly how it works, but the TLDR here is, it relies on authentication cookies to gain access to accounts. An authentication cookie is, um, if you've ever logged into your, your YouTube account, your Gmail account, or even your normal email account, if you're using ProtonMail, if you close your browser and reopen the browser and go to that site again, you're probably still logged in unless you're clearing cookies. And the reason for that is because there's an authentication cookie that's stored. Pretty much what's happening is these toolkits are able to intercept those cookies and allow people to log in on their devices. Um, Some YouTubers have actually had their accounts compromised because of similar attacks. The main defense I can think of is clearing cookies. Nathan said maybe YubiKey. I'm not sure um, if hardware-based 2FA would even prevent this attack. I don't know how that works with authentication cookies
0: I was just throwing out ideas, honestly. I don't know either.
1: Yeah, so I, I do think really the only way that I can like promise you is clearing cookies every time you exit your browser, but that's not a super easy solution for a lot of people. That's very inconvenient, and then you have to log in manually each time you want to log into a service, which for the record, I do, but I don't think that's like a normal thing that many people want to do, and that's extremely inconvenient. So um, we'll keep tabs on some better recommendations to give you in the future. And our last research article, Ford, the car company has a service appointment scheduler that gives you any recent Ford mileage. So a Redditor reported that they noticed that you can go to certain websites, put in a recent vehicle's VIN, and get real-time mileage, oil life percentage, fuel, quote, miles to empty, and tire pressure. This is all for vehicles 2018 and later. So really the takeaway here is these data points are coming from somewhere, and it's kind of a unclear where they're coming from and if people are aware they're being submitted from their cars really it just makes you think about how often this data is reported to ford what else it reports and what the um nefarious uses are for this knowing when someone left on a road trip um, and things like that if you're able to see someone just drove 200 miles um they're probably not near their home um so this is just interesting and it really makes you think about uh, car data which is very much an invasive thing that is starting to be unraveled
0: i think i'm just gonna buy a model t for my next car With that, we will move into politics. We only have one political story this week, and it's a little bit speculative, but it was kind of a big story, so we do want to talk about it. The headline says, Germany, data retention to be abolished once and for all. So we mentioned there's a new German government, and they've made some really big promises about privacy, and one of those first moves is they want to abolish, quote, any storage of telecommunications data without reason. I'm going to quote the article, the new federal minister of justice, Marco Bushman, proposes that data should only be stored, quote, if there is a suspicion that serious crimes have been committed, unquote. Telecommunications providers should quickly secure these, quote, if there is a concrete reason to do so based on a court order so that the police and public prosecutor's office can then evaluate them, unquote, but not in advance and in general, so not without any criminal investigation. We will see how this shakes out. Uh, From what I could tell, this is a law that's actually been proposed. It's been proposed, so it may go somewhere, it may not, and, you know, it may evolve several times before it finally gets put into place. And I I will be interested to see how they legally word without any reason because, uh, at least here in the U.S., when you say something like that, usually that means we're going to word this so vaguely that you can find pretty much any reason you want to keep stuff. But, I mean... This, this government sounds like they're really trying to crack down on privacy and data laws, so if they're serious, this might actually turn out to be a really powerful law. But again, this is still in process, and if we hear anything new, we will keep you guys updated. That will bring us into the FOSS section, free and open source news, where an Italian court finds open source software terms enforceable. So on December 13th, a Venetian court ruled that the GNU public license terms are legally enforceable in this particular case that they were examining there was a FOSS software Foss software that was redistributed without proper acknowledgement definitely have not heard any stories like that recently. Uh, the court ruled that this was unlawful and they told the company that was redistributing the software to cease distribution until compliance pay a hundred euros for each day that it is not compliant and then after 15 days if it's still not compliant 3,000 or 300 euros a day. They will also have to pay all the legal fees from this court case, which is over 5,000 euros. So this is really good news because I know um, recently, actually, like within the last six months or so, I saw an article speculating about, you know, can you actually enforce free software terms? And, you know, is it is it something that would actually hold up in court or is it just fancy, wishful thinking that nobody takes seriously? And this is great to see that the courts are saying, like, no, these are legal terms. These are legal Uh, licenses just like any other proprietary license and you have to obey them so this is a win and that will take us to our final section misfits man this has been a short week uh we're gonna start off with uh well you know it's that slow week in between like i said in between christmas and new year's slow week so can't believe people are
1: are working
0: (sighs) how dare they (laughs) (laughs) i think this is one of those stories that's kind of like peripherally related to privacy but not directly. The headline says Alexa tells 10-year-old girl to plug a put, to put penny in plug socket. For those of you who know nothing about electricity, this will electrocute you and at very least it will wake you up more than a cup of coffee will. So, according to the mother who reported this, they were doing some physical challenges on YouTube, like laying down and rolling over while holding her shoe. The daughter decided to, before they wrap up, she's like, nah, let's do one more. And she asked Alexa, at which point Alexa does what it does, and just basically did a Google search and pulled the first result, or pulled a result. Obviously, we don't know exactly how the algorithms work. That result happened to be, quote-unquote, the penny challenge, which... um Personal cynical opinion proves that either social media is intentionally trying to kill you or is incredibly unintelligent. Basically, for those who haven't heard of this, what it says is put like a phone brick, for example, in a power outlet, pull it about halfway out and then touch a penny to one of the prongs, which, again, will electrocute you. Please don't actually do that. So once you're done being mad at Amazon and TikTok for this, because that's where this challenge started from was TikTok, of course. And I think this story raised a few important notes So the first one that came to my mind was do not trust everything you see on the internet. I know that kind of goes without saying, but, like, it it bears repeating. You don't know who these people are on the internet. You don't know if they are PhD-level experts or trolls or serial killers. And, yes, as someone into true crime, I can name several serial killers who use the internet as a hunting ground. So do not blindly trust on the internet. Not even us. You should vet everything we're saying. Uh, Number two, computers are only as good as the information you put on them, even AI. Remember that. Like, we don't have true AI like you see in the science fiction movies. Alexa was not trying to kill this girl. Alexa was just running an algorithm. So you have to remember, like, again, going back to what I said about trusting the internet, these computers are not actually intelligent. You have to think about what information is being put into them. And third, this this kind of came from somebody on Reddit. Like, this goes especially for children. It's it, I, I know there's, like, a real struggle for parents of trying to like respect your children who are trying to grow up and, and have their autonomy and learn to be responsible adults but at the same time you have to watch them and keep an eye on them and you can't just let them run free on the internet because there's a lot of bad people there that for malicious intentions or just for a sick laugh will say things like this so you know if you're a parent raising your kids in in today's digital world first of all my heart goes out to you because it can't be easy but also like Keep it on your kids. You know, it, you want them to have their privacy, but also like they need to be taught how to navigate the internet well. I think that about covers everything I was thinking on that story.
1: And our final story of the week, there is a malware called Redline, which shows why passwords should not be saved in your browsers. Um, just some context. This is advice that both Nathan and I have given for a very long time. If you can avoid it, don't store passwords in your browser and use a password manager. And here's a good reason why. So this malware targets Chrome, Edge and Opera, which are all Chromium based browsers and can be purchased for about $200 and deployed with little to no knowledge or effort. The article goes into further detail on how exactly it works, but pretty much once it's installed, it will go ahead and snag all of your credentials. This isn't news, it's more just a reminder not to save your credentials in the browser. Use a password manager and use the browser plugin if you need that one click usability that's attached to your password manager. Um, Even that might introduce its own security issues, but it's probably better than using um, your browser's built-in password manager.
0: Personally, I prefer to, uh, I said in another video uh, on my page, I prefer just to copy and paste because nowadays websites are varying so much. Like sometimes it's, you know, username and password on the same page. Sometimes it's username and then password on the next page. And I prefer just to copy and paste myself, but. And that was all of our news for this week. This was kind of a slow week, said that a couple times, but you know, I'm sure 2022 has no shortage of things coming up for us. Uh, We talked about Germany's data retention goals. We will keep you updated on that. We talked about DuckDuckGo, who grew over 100 million searches daily. We'll continue to keep you updated on anything that they come out with, especially that browser that we talked about last week. And we had several stories about passwords and password managers. So yeah, I think the moral this week is if you're not using a password manager, get on that. We want to remind you that our promo spot this week is Patreon. If you like Surveillance Report and you want to see this keep going, and you want to support us and help us to continue doing this, then Patreon is a good way to do that. There's, you know, all sorts of perks. There's early access to videos and monthly meetups and stuff like that. So go ahead and check that out. We want to thank you for listening to Surveillance Report. We are happy to know that you are trying to stay safe out there. And the final thing we want to ask you, as always, Please share the podcast around. Make sure that you are subscribed. Give us a rating if you are on a platform where that's an option. Leave a comment. We want privacy to reach as many people as possible, and you can help us do that. Thank you again for listening, and we will see you next week.